candy-colored clown they call the Sandman Tiptoes to my room every night Just to sprinkle stardust and to whisper Go to sleep, everything is all right I close my eyes Then I drift away I'm going to have to be writing some names down. Uh, there we go. Okay. Uh, welcome back to Fall of Delta Green, 1963. We are running with a full set of agents this evening. Uh, does anyone feel confident in their ability to give our listeners a brief overview of where we stand and what y'all are doing? So my handwritten notes from last session have uh, three words. Okay. Uh, Farang, which translates into white person. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I was looking that up, but might might uh, might come in handy. Um, I think. Let's see. We started by going to the best cab company. Uh, Start by going there. That was really more towards the end. Was that toward the end? Yeah. That's all I remember. That's all Lynn was really involved in. That's what I remember. Let's let's bring right. the spotlight here. Let's see. We fucked around with the tape first, right? Yep. Um, yep. And yeah, was it was it uh, Greg Lamont who had the? We were going to get it like dubbed, and then wanted to reinstall it right was that yeah. was that Greg? yeah and then we didn't we send an agent to go in and reinstall it though and we sent some yeah. of our some of the the original contacts. tape yeah with our with uh i guess yeah i was there i was there but i wasn't there with our portion uh erased right um and then we went to willie and lynn went to the best cab company to investigate the um the cab driver and question him whose name was i thought i wrote all that stuff down i have his name i just don't have i'm on a different screen right now so uh Hatan tai okay there we go yep the driver right um he was he he kind of gave us some background on where he had been taking blanchette um and we and i'll get back to that but we kind of bottomed out with him that he was supposed to take him uh on the he was supposed to take him to the chinese district cholon right cholon or was he supposed to go to back 
back to Nanjiang. He was supposed to go to no, Cholon. Cholon, uh, the day he disappeared. But um, our our good friend Mr. Tai was sick that day, um, and there was no record of Blanchett taking the cab company, even though um, he was supposed to. So either I think we had three theories of. Um, I, th I think we figured out nobody was lying about it. Um, either somebody posed as a, a best cab to take him away, or he never made it to that to that appointment. There was no record of it. Um, but Ty told us that um, Blench was uh generally a good customer he had taken him a couple times to the cholan district the, the chinese district um lynn is very interested in that um on one trip they went to anjing where the buddhists were angry with with planchette um and then four or five days ago i guess right before he went missing uh, he went to the Jaloy Pagoda. Um, he was very quiet. And then that next day, he was supposed to go back to Cholon. I was sick. Um, and no one at the best cab company saw mm -hmm. it again. Uh, what's the significance of uh, what's the significance of on the Buddhists were angry with him? Anjiang is Jiang. a province in, um, I would I would say southwestern South Vietnam. It's uh, down on, um, it's part of the Mekong Delta. It is on the border with Cambodia. Um, Jack Cooper may. Know more about Anjiang Province, hmm. so we'll hmm. we'll find out if Jack Cooper's done homework. So, does Jack Cooper know anything else about Anjiang Province? Jim, sounds very familiar. Isn't that where the um, that sect of Buddhism? lives the the sort of um ding 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 we have a winner socialist buddhism uh, yeah the uh, and i always I've, I've never figured out how to pronounce it uh well how i think is the is what i'm going to go with i don't know if there's gonna be a letter to the editor about my pronunciation of that but yes uh, the whoa how uh jack cooper knows is a a sect of Buddhism that's developed in the 20th century and um, would also know that early in the advent of the thing called South Vietnam, uh, the emperor, Bao Dai, um, basically made a decree that made all non-communist um, armed militias, just quote unquote part of the Vietnamese National Army. Um, the Kuo Hao had a, had a different take on Buddhism than more traditional 
Western sense of what Buddhism is about. Uh, so they had armed militia. So they technically were part of the Vietnamese army for a period of time till Diem came along and decided, I, I think everybody in the Vietnamese army should be in the Vietnamese army. And if you're not in the Vietnamese army, then I don't care if you're Viet Cong or Viet Minh, you're just an enemy of the state. So, and then the Ho Hoao mostly quit having a formal armed militia at that point in time. So Right. They just went underground like everyone else and still continued having yeah. our militia. <laughs> yeah. So we love an armed Buddhist. Yep. Who doesn't? Um, and then the so, last was the CIA head of station, uh, John Richardson. Um, right. That that was chronological, or was that something we flashed back to? No, no. That was that was kind of the very last thing. Yeah. You know, Ty. Uh, uh, um, Willie had to go to work, you know, to make sure that the garbage cans had all been emptied <laughs> at the embassy, um, and that the toilet was topped up, that it got cleared up. Uh, and so he had a meeting, and at the meeting, his boss, shockingly to Willie, divulged that he was actually the CIA station chief, which was no what? longer a secret, because that fact had been disclosed in the Washington press. Uh, the day before, and the CIA station chief uh, was of the opinion that Ambassador Lodge was almost certainly the orchestrator of um, that rumor. Um, Willie's savvy enough to know that there definitely has been some tension in the embassy um, between the State Department types who uh, feel like DM uh, has a bad image in his regime. It's not the kind of regime that the United States should be associated with. And um, that, that radical change is uh, called for in these circumstances. And the CIA's kind of taken the position, we've looked at your radical change and um, they suck. So this is probably not such a good idea. So I think I, I think it would it would not take Willie and his fellow uh, embassy support workers long to deduce that Richardson got iced because he has been speaking truth to the wrong people at the wrong time. So he's, he's not he's not with the company plan. So so he's been burnt. So that's potentially going to cause some issues for Willie, um, just as far as how easy it is to get things done and. Who's the new boss going to be and all that kind of stuff. And, and we faded there. Um, the other thing we didn't really talk about, but maybe you still have notes left to go over, Jason? Do you? Nope, that was it. Um, Greg Lamont read a book, and he did not even have to take a sanity <laughs> test as a result. Or stability test, excuse me. So You're doing hidden Greg stability tests now? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll them open uh, this game. We'll see how that goes, and then we'll compare it to 1961. So, uh, Mark, what do you remember of the, about the book? I remember about the um, this chapter. I mean, it's about uh, referencing a lot of Greek names: Zoroaster, um, the Pythagoreans, 
about how the soul interacts with the body and um that's in how the you know the spirit um, relates to the you know the traveling through the, of the planets through the sky and everything like that um it was a very dense text to be honest so um i think greg made probably made more sense of it than i did but um, <laughs> i hope so <laughs> <laughs> i may have undone myself here <laughs> much it's a great idea um so uh yeah so in uh jesse if you did not um catch the last episode if you look in uh, the text window for the channel i actually threw up uh pdfs of the three chapters of um philosophy of natural magic which is a, a 20th century printing of an original text from uh like the 1500s uh oh, yeah. that, you know uh, purported to be your one-stop shop for, you know, understanding all the basic tenets of, of how magic was an actual force in the world and how it interacted with things and where it came from. It, it not uh, above table, not for people who played lots of other Cthulhu games. It's not a grimoire. It's not a spell book. Um, or if it is, it's very subtle. Um, because like that's not how magic theory. actually works. Yeah, so we we know yeah. better than that, right? <laughs> um, so, and we had faded, uh, kind of going into the afternoon. And the last time you had played, or in Rocket, Jesse, you had indicated that you actually have network contacts at United Press International. So I thought we would kind of start this episode. Uh, with you telling okay. me who this contact is. You're not going to read all the stuff? Read all what stuff? All the magic stuff. <laughs> I am not reading all the magic stuff. Okay. That is, that we'll is leave for y'all. Okay. That's, that's for y'all. To... Thank you, the listener. Well, um, I am not going to read all that. For the <laughs> so, it is a real book. You can do a Google search for philosophy of natural magic, and you can actually get the entire book for free. And you can go read chapters 14, chapters 21, and chapters 33, which are the three chapters that I excerpted and mm -hmm. inserted into our chat. And you'll know exactly what the players know at this point in time. There's uh, a reason it's free. Caution you. Yes, there's, there's, there's well. Readability uh, is, yeah, it's, it's rough. It's a rough <laughs> it's, read. It's not easy. And it I'm into that a, stuff, and it's a rough. Are you? Okay. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I want to say it was like a nineteen, nineteen. So it's a, it was either. I think this is nineteen thirteen, right? This printing. Yeah, maybe that's it. Um, so you've got you've got two layers of issue. You have the fact that the original text was written in a uh it was probably written in latin would be mm -hmm. my guess um and then you've got someone translating latin into 1913 european english uh, 
and potentially wanting to pitch it in a certain way <laughs> so that it has that air of, ooh, look at this, look how this, this is hard reading. So, um, and I did share with the players that uh, it's immediate value. It's hard to tell. Um, potentially as things unfold, maybe you'll see a connection as to why Blanchett was interested in it. Who knows? So, uh, so uh, Jesse, do you want some spotlight? You want Jack Cooper to tell us about his contact at uh, UPI, who it is, how many points he's gonna put in there, and do you remember how to create a network contact on your character sheet in the black book? Boom, there it is. I'm spending three network. Okay. And um, get a name generator going. Okay. We're going to go with uh, Robert Christopher. Okay. Who is um, the like the local editor he he's not a he he's not you know out on the streets but um he, you know sort of compiled he's in the office doing the boring the, stuff the boring but necessary <laughs> stuff sorting through everything trying to find the thread of truth is, so is robert christopher an american or of some other origin he is British. I think he should be British. Yeah, Sounds I think like so British too. That's a very British name. It is. Okay. Which is funny because I. It is United Press International. Yep. <laughs> yep. He's he's British. No, he's not British. He is. Kosh. South African. Mm. Uh, mm. Like that. Colonialism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna be curious a year from now if he's like a major NPC in our spinoff follow uh, <laughs> <Colorado laughs> the Green campaign. Because <laughs> I'm already thinking of stories that Robert Christopher from South Africa would be yeah. involved yeah. in. So. Sixty-four South Africa. Uh, 64 is definitely going to be set in the continent of Africa. Nice. Um, so a South African would make a lot of sense in 1964. Cool. See, I, I was going to pass on the next campaign, Rex, but just when I think I'm out, they pull me back <laughs> in. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So Robert Christopher, um, Jack got to know him um, after the the pagoda raids, um, I mean, he he had sort of you know interacted with him a little bit, you know, as as um, Jack was trying to you know get some international spotlight on on how on the the persecution of of Buddhists uh, in a majority Buddhist country, which he thinks is bullshit, but he tries not to say that in mixed company. Uh, I, I feel. I feel like the list of things that Jack Cooper thinks is bullshit is probably <laughs> very long. Pretty long. It it <laughs> is pretty long. It is okay. pretty long. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he he got. I mean, like b- before the pagoda raids, it would have been like a one network spend. But then the pagoda raids happened, and Jack was like worried about his friends, about the the, the Buddhists he knew, and. Mm-hmm. And he spent a lot more time at UPI, like trying to figure out what what had happened. Okay. Um, so, uh, are you imagining that you're going to have this conversation over the phone, or are you going to try to arrange to meet Robert Christopher somewhere? Uh, Jack is pretty used to just sort of dropping in at the UPI offices. Okay. And are you going to have anybody tag along with you uh, pursuant to general Delta Green operating procedures, which is to not have people wander off by themselves? Yeah, Jack's not so sure about these operating procedures, but um, <laughs> he kind of feels like he needs to keep an eye on, on Lin Sun. Same. <laughs> the feeling is mutual, my friend. The <laughs> Love is in the air, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> Jack is happily married with kids. Yeah, that's never. Yes, they are. <laughs> it's it's like, maybe. <laughs> that's never stopped anybody before. That's that is true. Uh, okay, uh, and um, you know uh, the other thing that potentially we can have kind of as a background passage of time. Um, no one's actually listened to the tape that y'all lifted mm, out of the right. uh, uh, apartment. And when this clears, then potentially also, all also have a, Lin Sang has a resource. She had someone surveilling the apartment and uh, was gonna tail anybody that that left the, you know, visited the apartment and left, particularly if they left with some bulky item that looked like a real, real, real to real recorder tape. Um, so, but we can start with, uh, so, so my thought was that potentially uh, Willie and uh, Lamont would uh, listen to this tape, yeah. you know, while this other stuff's going on to at least get a kind of head start on going through it. Because again, I think I said you had probably about 10 to 12 hours worth of uh, real time to listen to. Yeah. So. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Uh, so, scene outside the UPI office. There stands Jack Cooper and Lin Sang. Y'all want to have any conversations about how this is going to play before you go in? Uh, I don't have anything. Jack, I think I think the word Jack Jack, Jack wants to say something snarky, but but stops himself. Okay, <laughs> he's gonna have to work with this woman. L- Lin Song in a word himself. is cold. <laughs> nice, uh, and I of course. Realize that I'm currently in breach of Cabal podcasting standards because I have not asked anyone what they're drinking, and yeah, I thought I of that, that because I uh, I need to refill my red wine. So I'm gonna refill my red wine while you guys tell red us. Red wine. 
Mm-hmm. Wrote a song about it. Want to hear it? Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the ice water tip tonight. Nice. Yeah, I'm on Pellegrino. Mm. Love it. Jesse? Old-fashioned. Very nice. I uh, was going to abstain from alcohol in, a, in accordance with... Uh, the new year and the new week, but I'm not. Uh, so I'm drinking gin, and I also have a green tea alongside it. Gin uh, and green tea. That's hmm. an interesting mix. Well, they're not mixed, but they could not be. Not mixed, but yeah. I mean, yeah it's, a, it's a good chaser. Yeah. Yeah. Like the juniper and then the green tea. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Kind of mellows everything out. I'm enjoying it. I almost went Earl Grey, but I don't think I need caffeine right now. I'm all jacked up. All right, so one XP for Linsang and for Jack Cooper for 60s appropriate uh, <laughs> drinks. <laughs> nice. <Yeah. laughs> I also have my pipe uh, about to be loaded, so nice. although she wouldn't, she wouldn't smoke a pipe. Yeah, no, she smokes cigarettes. Okay. Yeah, like any probably cheap woman of the 60s. Yeah, cheap French cigarettes. Um, okay. So Jack, this is kind of your thing. I'll let you take lead. <clears throat> okay. I'm just going to walk over to, uh, to his office and knock on the door for him. His door is usually open. Mm-hmm. And, um, say, Hey, uh, had, a some questions about, um, Another uh, another missing persons case here. And oh, Jack, I'm so sorry. Um, did you have an appointment today? That's probably no. a terrible South African, by the way. For some reason, okay. I still was on on British. So yeah, it's it's close enough. Um, no, I'm just trying to chase down anything I can uh, b- before before I uh, I go off to l- look for myself. I'm just just trying to get some direction here. Oh, I mean, people go missing all the time in Saigon. I mean, who are you looking for? Um, I'm looking for the document that gives me all the names because I'm terrible with names. Elaine Blanchett. Yes. Probably the name you're looking for? That is the one. Elaine Blanchett. And Robert Christopher kind of starts a little bit and looks up at you and uh, why do you think Elaine is missing? Because I have been asked to find him. Well, I haven't heard from him in a few days, so it's just a little bit unusual, but he shops his work around. So sometimes if we've not bought from him recently, he will could be a little petulant. Uh, if you know Alain, you know how that goes. Um, and... Uh, he'll, he'll try to get someone else to, to buy first. So I just assumed that that he was selling his wares somewhere else. But 
this is troubling. And, and just above table, this guy's network for you. So we can role play this, but you've got network in him. So what yeah. you want to what you want to get, you're going to get out of this um, within reason. Um, well, so I it's really right. going to depend yeah. on what questions you ask. Um, right. I mean, so so what was what was he working on? Well, Elaine's uh, he's got a pretty broad group of interests. Um, Surely he gave you something to pique your interest. Well, I I just hesitate to tell you because I'm just I know how dear some of this is to you. So he's he said he was working on a story about the Buddhist movement here in South Vietnam and their reaction to the crackdown of the DM regime and the fact that they, uh, how did he put it? That, that at least some members appear to be prepared to go beyond the type of protests uh, that they've engaged in in so far. So I can already see the look in your eyes, Jack. I just, your, I your mean, passion I, for the cause is admirable, but I, I don't know that you're doing yourself any good. You, I think you need to consider the practical realities of life here in South Vietnam. There, there. It, am I in the room? You, if you want to be. And yeah, Jack Cooper's okay with you being in the room. I think I would have preferred you sort of outside the door, but within hearing distance. Okay, so I'm outside the door, and I mutter under my breath, for the Vietnamese. <laughs> I pretend I don't hear that. You probably wouldn't have. It's 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 very okay. muttered. That's player Fair knowledge. Enough. Got it. Got it. Um. Do, do you know who he was? Uh, you know which of which factions he was talking to. I, I I'm not entirely sure that I'm up to speed with the, the factions within the Buddhist community, but um, he had been poking around the the temple where the raids took place. I know that. Um, but he did say something about um, an interesting encounter he had out in Anjian uh, province. So I, I, again, I'm not entirely sure what the connection is, if there is a connection. So, um, and I, I wonder a little bit about his interest in that story. Because he just made a he made a few comments along the way that well, I don't know how much you know about Elaine's personal life. I'm just worried that his personal experience might be coloring his perception of the facts of his story. So uh, he's lost to the uh journalistic uh, disconnect there, huh? 
Okay, well, it sounds like um, it sounds like I I I know where to start looking. Do you not want to know anything about Alain Blanchett's personal life after I dangled that so nicely? Jack doesn't think it's any of his business. <laughs> when comes into the room. <laughs> when Sang wants to come in and ask. I mean, when definitely comes in. If if yeah, if Jack hesitates. She has her uh, she has her notepad out. And uh Robert Christopher just kind of looks at uh Lynn Sang and then looks at Jack Cooper. Is she with you? And she says in English, of course we want to know more about his personality, his personal experience. That's, that's, that's everything we need. If there are dots to connect, little side-eye, Jack. I apologize. I, I thought I, would, I knew all of the English language uh, Vietnamese journalists here in Saigon. I've I've not met you. You are, and Linda. Another. Linda's the big, um, you know, uh, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Big, um, like uh, for show. Laugh. <laughs> yes, journalist. Perhaps I can get some of your uh, local workers to tell you who I am. Uh, Robert my friend here is Jack Cooper yep. with a little troubled look. My, my friend here is more of an activist. Um, not necessarily for the same uh, anyway. <laughs> and she says, who, who I am is unimportant. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I would like the information that uh, just, Jack just, was unwilling to ask for. Just tell us. And honestly, if you forget she was here, that's probably best for you. And and Lynn smiles at that. <laughs> and Jack Cooper, or uh, Robert Christopher looks at Jack. You know, Jack? Every time I think I've figured you out, you say or do something that just raises another level of, of interest. I wonder if you're a story that we should be writing at some point in time. Well, once I've and, figured this out, probably mid-November, maybe I'll have something newsworthy for you. <laughs> Uh, and then as you guys are standing there, like someone just kind of barges right between the two of y'all into the office. It's a you know, probably 30 something year old uh, American. Like he just, like he just has the aura American just coming off him. Uh, <laughs> and uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't even acknowledge either of you being there. And he's like, God damn it, Robert. I can't believe that we got scooped on the CIA station chief by the fucking Washington Times. Are you kidding me? I want to know why nobody here broke that story, why no one knew about it. 
I'm going to go over to the embassy, but you need to chew some ass while I'm gone because we need something about this and we need it by uh, deadline today. And then he kind of just looks over at Jack Cooper, uh, excuse me. And then he turns to Lin Sang for a second and he's, he's about to say, excuse me. And then he just kind of stops and he's just looking at Lin Sang. Like, what, what huh? What? She just narrows her I, eyes. I just, deadline, Christopher, deadline. And he storms back out. And it was Neil Sheehan, by the way. Guys didn't <laughs> nice. realize that. So. Cameo. <laughs> I, mean, I spent some serious time wondering if Jesse was going to name Neil Sheehan as his no. never contact at UPI. I know better than to do that to you. That would just be mean. Yeah, that's not fair. I don't know. It would have been interesting. I was worried about it. So I, <laughs> I did some thinking, but that's all right. Um, so Robert Christopher you know, pulls out a, a cigarette, of course. And, uh, and lights up. Um, yes, yeah, so Alain, um, fairly successful reporter. I don't know how much you know about the French uh, press, but General de Gaulle determined uh, shortly after World War II that um, to ensure the vitality of France and to ensure that uh, there be no repeats of the terrible divisions that made it so easy for the Nazis to conquer France, that, that the press was a vital organ of state interest in the same way that the military was. And so he, he brought the French press under uh, government control effectively. And uh, Elaine was not going to be a good fit in a press circle that had a prescribed set of stories that it was allowed to tell in a prescribed manner which to tell him. So his, his career derailed a little bit. Um, he came out here, did some stories, wrote for us, uh, was doing pretty well until last year. Um, well, do you we'll remember the, here. well, you may uh, remember the, uh, a failed French nuclear test in Algeria in 1962. Hmm. It, was, it was quite uh, quite the headline for a period of time. Um, his wife, Isabel Moreau, was um, assigned to the group investigating how the accident took place and um, you know, an explanation of what took place and how to remedy the, the problems. And unfortunately, uh, she and some of her team members on the investigation died when their plane crashed in the Mediterranean. And really ever since then, um, Elaine's been different. So just- I'm guessing he- He's taken it, taken it hard and- um, well, I just, I don't want to, to question his character, but um, I think his grief has led him to some unconventional thinking. And sometimes I think it influences his work. GM inspiration point. Seriously. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, um, Anthony is going to be so excited. So excited. I am so excited. <laughs> and possibly so angry, too. Because yeah. we haven't finished 1962 yet. So. We're continued. Uh, Seems like unconventional thinking might be what we need here. Any other questions, Lynn? I think I have everything I need. Can I call you Linny? <laughs> you can call me Miss Song. If you're nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, okay. Lynn, Lynn is fine, Mr. Cooper. Uh, so let's uh, deduct one. If you go in your character sheets down where you added him in under notes. Oh, yeah, I forgot to add him in notes. Okay, yeah. So add him in, and you can just manually you know, put the – that was one of your three points with him was that – that dose of information. So, hmm. uh, so Willie and uh, Greg Lamont, you're listening. Yep. Smoking cigarettes, drinking coffee. Yeah. Coffee. Yeah. Ashtrays Ash just piling up. <laughs> yeah. Because. So far, you just heard a couple hours of like random street noise, you know, pretty clearly like muffled, you know, through the windows and like occasionally, you know, uh, you know, people walking down the hall having a loud conversation, you know, get snippets mm -hmm. of that. So really, so far, nothing exciting um, on that tape. So, um, can you do anything else while you are, you know? tag team in this uh, recording. Um, I see, what else do we have? To, what else could we do while we're, I guess, I guess Greg could keep looking over that magic text, the philosophy of natural magic mm -hmm. um, to see if he can glean any insight from dice roll or so. That's, it's really just, you know, the stuff that's highlighted, um, you know, or was underlined, uh, and you're presuming it was underlined by Blanchett. You don't know that for a fact, but I think that's your operative assumption right now. Um, I mean, the book does appear to be well-read. You know, the pages are like, you know, you know, kind of worn a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, the binding's a little bit off. So, um, so you get the sense that it's been read multiple times. But those are the only passages that appear to have been, um, well, certainly the only passages underlined. You know, you can't really tell that, you know, well, the, you know, open the book and it always falls open to this page. You know, mm -hmm. there's, there's just no thing there that tells you um, that there's anything else of value currently uh, in that book other than, again, those sections that you, you picked up on before. Okay. Hmm. Let's see, Willie. Is there anything else we can uh, we can kind of take care of while we're just you know waiting for something juicy to come out of this tape? Not that I can think of. Yeah, we don't think we have any other documents or anything that we can just look. Up. 
Not right now. Not right now. Okay. So Unless we'll I just... can take a copy of it on my iPod or something. Then. <laughs> I can hit the city. Yeah. In a few years, okay. maybe. Um, so I'm wondering, it's like Jason stepped away for a minute. So having left that meeting, Jack Cooper, is there anything else you want to do before you go back to the safe house with Lindsay? Um, I'm just gonna, you know, walk by some of the some of the journalists I know, um, you know, are on the regular, you know, Buddhism beat, and see if anything catches my eye. Uh, it seems like who are the the people who are in the office are all on the phone and uh, it doesn't take you very long to figure out that they in fact are all chasing this um, CIA station uh, chief story. You know, you can tell they're reaching out to who their sources are and you know, trying to get confirmation on things. And, um, you know, you hear a few kind of heated exchanges, you know, where the, the reporters obviously, um, you know, the fact they've been brow browbeat by their bureau chief, um, they're they're a little ticked off with their sources that they didn't that they didn't get this. So, um, so yeah, you don't really pick up anything else. Um, you know, for, for the press, the the you know, and you you know this because you care about the subject. The Buddhist story is kind of yesterday's news. You know, after you know the raids were a big deal when they happened, and then shortly thereafter, when um, you know the efforts of the DM regime to kind of throw off how it happened and who ordered it were quickly revealed to be basically complete lies. Um, there was a little bit follow up, but you know that was August. You know this is beginning of October, um, so. Uh, Regardless of Jack Cooper's personal feeling on the subject, an objective evaluation would be that the raids certainly have achieved their short-term goal of getting the Buddhists off the streets and getting them out of the headlines and sending a message that you, know, you cannot like this government, but you cannot protest this government. So, uh, so yeah. uh, you know. You wouldn't necessarily expect anybody to be actively working the story at this point in time because there's not much story left to work, at least in the right. minds of the of the you know established media. And and we're not getting the Buddhists off the streets. We're getting the communists off the streets. I I completely understand. There are there are far more Buddhists not in custody than there are in custody. <laughs> That's and yet right. now there's there's peace. So I yeah. think I think again an objective evaluator, not a Jack Cooper evaluator, would understand that um that apparently you guys got the right bad apples. So uh Lin Sang's back. Lin Sang, you had a network contact who was doing some work for you. Yes. We have Mr. Stall for time, stall for time. 
Did we not write his name down? Lee Min Don or Dan. Oh, I didn't write it down. That's what I wrote down. Yeah, weird. Um, yeah, so I guess we have to go back to the apartment, right? Uh, well, did you tell him to stay there until you came back? Or did you arrange with him to like go back to headquarters after um, he saw whatever he saw? I, I think we said if you see anybody go in to leave and not be seen. Um, and I guess we I would maybe... Go ahead. I remember it slightly differently. Okay. But if, if somebody came in and left... Yeah, I, don't, I don't remember any of it, so... Right. Uh, my recollection is if you, your instructions were somebody came in and left to try to follow them, but make sure you weren't right. discovered... So if that meant you had to, you know, like break it off or whatever, you know, just make sure you're not discovered following them. You know, do what you yeah. can type thing. So I do remember not being seen was key. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, if 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 they if he would be at headquarters, then I think that's probably the place to be. And I probably need to report it anyway. It's been about a day. Yep. Um, so. Uh, are you going to take Jack Cooper to headquarters? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Because we're together, right? Yeah. You are. You're not, you're not handcuffed to each other. We're not handcuffed. But, but Delta Green has rules of engagement, right? And I think even, uh, she, I, and she would have enough respect for the agency in her limited knowledge that she would respect those rules um, for obvious reasons. Um, so I guess we take a cab, right? <laughs> we take a cab to to our, uh, our uh, CIO station. Yep. Um, and I just have him sit in the lobby. <laughs> and it's say, of, of all the things I thought was going to happen in this game, I never thought it was going to turn into a buddy cop movie. So yeah, with this disgruntled couple. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, Lynn doesn't even need to ask. Jack's just like, I'll, I'll be here. I'll be out here. Yeah. <laughs> and so the cover is, um, I think we said before, it's it's kind of like a. Um, nondescript office building so it looks like they're just doing secretarial work at, from the mm -hmm. front and then she goes into the into the back to, to speak to the station chief um <laughs> and so like the the lobby is a coffee table with probably some some french language newspapers some english language newspapers a giant ashtray and then those um, 60s era military chairs that are just like two rails of wood and then some nice. over over upholstered or over over filled upholstered chairs um, and then just metal filing cabinets everywhere um, so, please tell me Neil Sheehan followed us <laughs> I'm not telling you that. <laughs> I'm not telling you. That. <laughs> uh, 
is so beautiful. Um, it's, I'm just going to, my brain's going to explode with all the different ways I can play this. I know, it's so uh, they'll all be fun. Um, so would just describe the reaction of the front of the house staff when you bring <laughs> Jack Cooper in the front door and like gesture at him to, to go sit in a chair. I think I think as we walk in, like the door kind of does the ching ching, and just there's there's like six women typing, and we walk in and it's dead quiet, and it's just cigarette smoke wafting, uh, you know, two lazy ceiling fans kind of trying to stir the air, and everyone looks, and then Lynn does her her side eye move. And everyone goes back, back to typing. Nice. And she, she motions, uh, have a seat, Mr. Cooper. Um, I'll be right out. This shouldn't take more than 10 or 15 minutes. Okay. I hope uh, I don't hear so... the scream. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Jack Cooper. Yeah, of course not. Uh, so... Uh, so who are you going to go report to first? So I would, yeah, I'll I'll go see if um, Mr. Don is in. I I probably wouldn't have an office, um, so it would be kind of a bullpen area where the agents could kind of, you know, it's it's again it's a bunch of typewriters. Uh, kind of floating workstations that we could that we could sit at. Okay, uh, so you are going to report to the boss first. No, I'm going to go talk to the contact first. Okay, all right. Uh, how did I get off that? There we go. Um, see what, so, what he saw. Yeah, so he is uh, kind of. You can tell as you approach. Um, well, and so I'm going to tell you my perception of how things play at, at CIO. Um, and if you disagree, then, then we'll let it be. But my perception sure. is about half the men that work there would like to get with Lin Sung if they could. Probably. And then the other half that don't, mm, you would really kind of wonder about them as to what that's kind of how I'm seeing. She's easy on the eyes. Very easy on the eyes. And the fact that she's uh, easy on the eyes and at the same time, like a fairly accomplished um, interpreter, uh, just just raises the attraction level. Respected interpreter. Respected interpreter. um, That much higher. So... um, So he's puppy dogging there. His tail's wagging pretty hard as, uh, as you come up. And, oh yeah. Uh, ah, yes. The thing I have, I have a report for you. Of course. Uh, so you were your. Have you have you typed it up for me? Uh, he looks crestfallen. His tail's his tail wags just kind of reduced a little bit. <laughs> her, her little reporter's notebook out of her purse. He's Go ahead. He's prob- Probably just peed on the floor. 
There goes his career. <laughs> Better give an involuntary shudder. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, so he's trying to make it up by, by you know, your, your keen suspicions were correct. Someone did visit the apartment. Uh, two Vietnamese gentlemen visited the apartment early in the morning. I would say, um, hold on, and he, you know, he pulls his notepad out. Uh, it was uh, right at 7.30 a.m. Uh, and they were not there long. They left soon after. Uh, and one of them had a, hold on, a messenger bag over his, over his right shoulder. But the bag was on his left hip. Do you, do you understand? I could, I could draw a sketch if you would like. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I track. Yes. So. Uh, so, per your instructions, I I followed them, but I ensured that I was not detected. And then you reported back to headquarters. Uh, well, yes, yes. After well, there was a point where I was concerned that I would be detected, and I remembered specifically your instructions. And so, at that point, I quit following these subjects. Uh, and what was that point? Uh, it was in the Cholan district. Hmm. I was uh, getting into the area, and I'm just going to – he uses the descriptor for an area that's generally known to um, be uh, – well, it's an area that if there was such a thing as – uh, Macau-based organized crime. Um, people associated with the Macau organized crime would reside in this area. Now, I'm not saying that Macau organized crime actually. Yeah. No one would say that. It's That's crazy kind of, talk. Yeah, it's kind of like this these fairy tales about the mafia in the United States. Right. Um, so it's it just it sells newspapers and magazines, makes makes for good B-grade movies. So. Um, but yeah, in that in that general area, he describes that that neighborhood in Cholon that uh, he was concerned that he would be if he continued to follow them, he would be detected. So he he quit his surveillance at that point, and came back to headquarters, and waited for you. Your discretion is appropriated is uh, appreciated appropriated. Um, <laughs> your your discretion is appreciated. That's the gym talking. Uh, and and uh, you've you've done well, Mr. Don. Um, uh, that J Jack's not there. That he would be like that. That's the colonialism talking. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. So Jack, what you notice while this is going on is that um, uh, one of the females that stopped typing when you first came in and sat down, um, she did not resume typing. She got up and left your field of view um and after about you know four or five minutes you know she comes back and sits down and then you you pick up pretty quickly that um with some frequency uh there are south vietnamese males that uh, are coming into this work area ostensibly to interact with the staff but they all seem to be eyeballing you most of the time hmm. almost as if they were trying to find an excuse 
to come up and lay eyes on you. So. Well, you know, I was Jack was just looking at his nails, and and he noticed they needed a little cleaning. <laughs> so he he's gonna pull out his his uh, M5 bayonet and uh, start cleaning his nails. Nice. Good time. It doesn't have and, any. And, he, and he's gonna and he's and he's going to whistle Vietnamese folk tunes. Nice. Uh, the the M5 doesn't seem to have any meaningful impact on the. South Vietnamese males who have come up. Um, but the folk tune seems to kind of throw them off. Um, That's the idea. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely some say, what? Is he? I know that song. What? So they're definitely on a little bit on tilt now. Um, so, Lynn, as you finish up, uh, Lee Min Don. Um, his tail's wagging a little bit more now, um, but he got the the attaboy, and and he's actually a little forward now. He's like, I um, I hope that I have performed my service admirably, and you may consider I would I would I would find it a great honor if I had the ability to work more closely with you. So if if you ever were to need any assistance, I always want you to think that I am, um, as the Americans say, I am your man. And he just has a slight, you know, just am I getting away with this kind of look she, on him? She pulls out a cigarette and makes eyes at him. He is just <laughs> definitely peeing on the floor again. Does does he light it? Oh god, he is putty in your hands. Uh well, um not at first, because he completely misses it. And she, so she pauses. Raises an eyebrow and kind of, kind of like, will push it a little bit towards him mm-hmm. and look at it, and then w- he nervously lights the cigarette. Takes him two matches to get it lit. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I say, mission accomplished. He's good. He's he's a he's a happy boy. Uh, and as you take a drag on the cigarette, and you kind of cast your eyes around. <sighs> around the this inner office area uh as you track across you see your boss mm-hmm. sam Sin, standing looking at you with kind of a ah, you never tire of this game again <laughs> and he gestures towards his office these are the tools boss these are the tools. So he asked you to close the door. When, mm-hmm. uh, I do so. And her demeanor changes in this office. She's, because okay. um, she's she, she has a lot of swagger and she has a lot of, um, you know, I'll fuck you up if you mess with me in public. Um, but at the end of the day, she's doing a job. And she she respects the um, Mandarin authority system, so she's very respectful in here. Right. Uh, and he he sits down at his desk. I'm betting she remains standing. Yes. Yeah. So he takes another drag on his cigarette, and he's kind of flipping through some files, and he looks up and. He says, I 
see that you have uh, some new American friends. <laughs> uh, Jesse might want to mute here. Um... <laughs> Actually, I'm going to ask the other players. This this is kind of above. This is above table. The other players. This is player knowledge versus character knowledge at this point. So, however far this goes. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if we said this on tape, but Lynn report. We did. Lynn reports back on her translating jobs and her. You know, if she does any work for the Americans or the French, she reports back to CIO. <clears throat> um, which, as a player, I would assume Delta Green would know, but obviously that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, if 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 you don't want me to have to keep player knowledge and character knowledge separate. No, I'm I'm fine with it. I I, okay. I know you as a as a player. I was I was joking cuz I, okay. I knew what Rex was getting at. No. No, we we've, we've done this before. <laughs> <laughs> so some extent was really for our listeners to understand yeah. that, that uh, yes. this is going to be player knowledge but not necessarily character knowledge. So uh, so he he says well I when can I expect to see a report on these new friends? Um, I, I don't know how long the operation will take. I can't imagine it's more than five or six days. We're after um, a French journalist. Um, I got tied up with some Americans. One, I suspect, as a communist <laughs> um, I will keep a close eye on any of his contacts uh, and will report back accordingly. Um, if there's any information to be had, I'll, I'll make sure that, that I report back. He looks generally satisfied, although you, you noticed uh, when you uh, said French journalists, he kind of got a little, you know, like roll his eyes look. And uh, and he kind of makes a comment that the only thing more worthless than a French journalist would be Americans wanting an Ameri to find <laughs> an American journalist. <laughs> well, no, uh, Americans wanting to find a French I know, journalist. Yes, so, I know. Um, um, it Excellent. it seems to be for the greater good. Um, the world's eyes are on us, uh, and I will make sure that. That uh, the Republic of Vietnam is is a shiny example of democracy in the free world. Hmm. More importantly, the Republic of Vietnam will be for the Vietnamese by the Vietnamese. I mean, that goes without saying, sir. We're Jack not going to trade force. <laughs> We're not going to trade French masters. For American Imp masters. Imperialists are imperialists. Mm. Our traitorous brothers to the north have sucked to the tit of the Russians and Chinese in their desperate attempt to destroy what we're doing here. Just keep these yes. Americans close. One master for another. Yes. Keep these Americans close, but never forget the real cause. Our ancestors' blood is in this soil. Nice. And he uh, 
kind of gives you the dismissive, you know, wave off, and he goes back to his uh, paper that he is studiously proceeding through on his desk. And she'll excuse herself. Right. Uh, so I assume Jack and um, Lynn are going to go back to the safe house now. Yeah, as I see, as I come out, and I see, you know, the the worker bees giving Jack a hard time. I give him a Dicho cock. Dicho cock. Go away. <laughs> nice. All right. So let's cut to uh, Willie and Greg Lamont. Um, uh, you guys still with us? Yeah. Just, you know, give up on the buddy movie and, and say, all right, <laughs> Basking in the glory. Just listen to the story. <laughs> let's go. Let's go play some great battles of history. Um, uh, so you guys finally kind of catch a break with the tape. Uh, it's not a fantastic break, but you do note that probably about um, 90 minutes before y'all entered the apartment, mm -hmm. you heard noise of someone uh, entering the apartment and you could tell from the way the recording is set up, because both mics were feeding into one, but you could just kind of tell after having listened to it for a while, um, that definitely whoever was in the apartment ended up in both rooms at different points in time, and you heard some some shuffling okay. of, uh, of some paper, um, some moving of some items, so you're fairly certain some kind of search was being conducted. Mm -hmm. And, um, but what you end up noticing, because you basically end up listening through, because you guys have the original. Mm -hmm. um, so it also captures you guys being in the mm -hmm. apartment. And so what you figure out as you, if you listen all the way through, whoever was in the apartment, you know, 90 minutes before y'all was in for far shorter time than y'all were. I mean, I think y'all were in there probably about 45 minutes searching around, maybe an hour. Um, you know, whoever this was, it was probably 10 minutes. 10 minutes. And they went to both rooms, you said. Yep. Didn't hear any talking. No talking. And it probably was probably was one person just based on the way, like, you know, you would hear the noise and, and then you could just tell it was transitioning to the other mic. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, does it sound like anything, um, any kind of activity that we can uh, like make out from that? Like, is there? Do we hear like uh, drawers opening or paper shuffling? Or you definitely hear some paper shuffling. Mm -hmm. um, you hear some. Uh, to say it was definitely a drawer opening would be hard to say, right. but okay. definitely like some wood was being touched or moved or, you know, something. So it was, it was more than just paper rustling. Um, so, but again, it was only about 10 minutes and then you could tell that, you know, the door was shut and, uh, and locked back. And then it went back to nothing until basically the tape picks up where you guys enter. Okay. So paper shuffling. They're likely on the desk. Perhaps. Yeah. Just thinking. And, 
Yeah, and so and so flashback to when y'all searched. Um, mm-hmm. You remember that the and and I'll give that you actually heard the sound of like paper tearing. Mm-hmm. And remember that y'all found the notepad and you realized that there was at least one page missing and uh, Willie did uh, the, the, the pencil trick, um, mm-hmm. picked up the seven something um, off the notepad. Uh, and how and long before we were in the room? About 90 minutes before y'all okay. were in. So, um, and, uh, Also, you remember, or just as a reminder, when y'all were looking through his, like his credenza behind his desk, um, he had these file folders, for lack of a better term. Uh, and after you looked at some of them, you realized like each one was basically for a story that he was working on. And it seemed pretty clearly that there was a file folder missing just from the way, like, they were all organized nice and neatly. And then there was like one that like tipped over into an empty space. And it was like the perfect size space for another folder to have been in. Um, and I'm talking like, not like just like a hanging file folder that would be in a file cabinet. These are more like the accordion file type things that, you know, have a closure and a, and a, and a, a string, you know, tie to close. Um, so he would typically keep like just all his different notes and you know if he had if he had had photographs taken you know it's basically like all his material for a story would be contained in each one of those uh folders so it is certainly possible that within that 10 minutes uh someone would have had the time to remove a file folder tear the note uh, paper off the notepad and look around before leaving So, do you guys want to fast forward till everyone's back at the safe house and you guys can talk about what this means and what you're going to do next? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do we do with the tape after we're done? Well, remember, you've inserted a uh, a, a copy. A copy. Uh-huh. So you don't have kind of. to return this one. So, um, that it's copy's. Probably pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, I didn't like your tone. <laughs> yeah, that probably was a. <laughs> it's a hard probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, again, I think I made clear that mm-hmm. you know the the level of scrutiny the tape was subjected to. You know, if it's high scrutiny, then you're probably. Someone's gonna probably figure out. Wait a second, this has been messed with. So, but you know, I mean, who's listening to the apartment of a guy who's disappeared? And and yeah, they're actively working against us anyway. Fuck those guys. Fuck so, so. <laughs> them. Although I will just. Take a moment to make sure that you, as players, you are on the same page as your characters. Because as your characters, you have the following things to consider. Um, 
the guys disappeared. It it appears that he was disappeared in a way that um, there's not a clear record. Like in other words, you you went to the cab company and basically there's no record of anybody picking him up or or driving him that day. Um, so so somebody either just plain out grabbed him or somebody posed as the best cab company um, and duped him. So somebody's disappeared the guy. Yeah. It would make sense on some level that whoever bugged his apartment might be the people that disappeared him. But then somebody else has gone in the apartment just before y'all did. That's a good point. So just your characters are probably thinking, well, there's two parties at play. Mm-hmm. I think I think all of your collective experience. Well, Jack Cooper probably would not have this collective experience, but the other three of you would would definitely be whiteboarding this, thinking uh, there's at least two other players involved in this situation. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, but it is possible that. The people listening were not the people that disappeared him, and you know. But it seems like there's two, at least two players, sure. involved in this. Because why would we ever have a simple mystery when we can have a <laughs> complex mystery? That's right. I mean, that'd be difficult, but maybe it was Blanchett came back and got something from his his apartment. Hey, you know. He's missing because he life. wants to be missing. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thai shit's much better than mine. Um, <laughs> at, at this point in time, that could certainly also Anything is possible. Yeah. Yeah. Until, we, until we get to the cannery, anything is possible. Yep. Yep. So Dr. Mikado might still be alive. So. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> right. Uh, triggered. <laughs> <laughs> um, so y'all are back at the safe house. Um, you've got the, the bits of information that you've acquired uh, at this point in time. Uh, you guys want to talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to switch to water and be a good boy. Um, uh, you know, talk amongst yourselves. How, how do you want to proceed with your investigation? Um, I will. I'll, I'll I'll dish with what Mr. Don told me um, that he uh, somebody came into blend, uh, the upstairs apartment at seven thirty this morning and left pretty quickly after. Um, my man with the plan followed. The party did he did he tell me is it one person? Oh, two two Vietnamese, uh, two two uh, local nationals entered the apartment, uh, and he followed them into the Cholon district, um, into you know a rougher part of town, uh, and then he felt like he couldn't follow them anymore without being spotted, so he so he broke contact and, and returned to station. So it does seem like there are at least there's at least a Vietnamese interest 
in right. Blanchett and, and the, uh, the recordings going on. And uh, Mr. Cooper, I gave my station chief the highest regards for your work in this investigation. Um, and he was he was very pleased in your, in your help. <laughs> to talk amongst yourselves is, is not a code for anything other than talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> what do you guys want to do? Yeah. <laughs> oh, green tea almost came out of my nose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to have anybody like bust through the door with a submachine gun. <laughs> that's what you, what you guys want to have happen at this point. So. Yeah, I'll let them know that we listened to this tape and that uh, it appeared someone entered. Yeah. Uh, when we went into the Blanchett's room, someone had entered about 90 minutes before we arrived. Uh, so with that... With that entrance and with our entrance, would that have been 24 hours? Y'all are, are closing on 24 hours now. But, but, but between those two, would we, would we suspect that it was... We thought that the tapes were about 24 hours, right? Oh, yeah. Each, each tape uh, basically runs for approximately 24 hours. So would we would we suspect that those that that the the entrance ninety minutes before we came in, and then the two Vietnamese would that have been twenty four hours or no? No, no. So uh, okay. I think we said that y'all got That's there right. like around six, if I remember correctly. PM. Um, PM. Eighteen hundred. So. Yeah, 1800. So you're looking at uh, like 1630 as a time when this other person entered and the, the people that came and picked the tape up, yeah. that's what they did, uh, would have been sure. like 0730. So I think um, for Lynn, that, that helps cement the, the two interested parties. So if 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 you heard someone enter the apartment at 1630 and then we had someone enter at 0730 this morning, obviously there's the someone's not going to snoop when they know that that apartment's being bugged. Mm -hmm. Who are the snoopers? Who are the Vietnamese? Mm hmm. <laughs> I, I hear you, Jack. Lynn <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> side eyes, Jack. Uh, so, Greg Lamont, don't read too much into this reminder, mm -hmm. but you have prior experience with Delta Green. Yes. And one of the things you encountered in working for Delta Green in 1961 was that there was a entity similar to Delta Green that also was an off-books U.S. entity um, that appeared to be interested in the unnatural. Um, 
but its perception of the natural is different than delta green. It, it perceives the unnatural as an opportunity to acquire new knowledge and you know, potentially new advantages in the war with godless communism. So, I thought you were going to say he encountered a lot of coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, so, I don't know if you're going to – I wanted to make sure Greg Lamont rem, remembered remember that. that. And what Greg Lamont does with it is fine. And again, I don't want you to perceive that I was like smacking in the face with that fact to prompt you to do some particular thing. I just did. Um, yeah. you know, that's an advantage of having been an experienced Delta Green operative. You you maybe know a little bit more than the other people do. Character yeah, maybe you should, right. Yeah, maybe I, I can bring that up and then uh, say something along of you know well guys i don't know if this is anything however there is a, a scare sister organization similar organization to us than the government that instead of fighting supernatural tends to they can either try to understand it or nurture it or you know clean understanding from it, power that they can use in the fights against communism, enemies of the hmm. state. Sounds legit. It's, it's a possibility. I, I don't, I'm not saying that this is what it is, but it's possible that these guys are in the same territory as us. They're interested in using the supernatural against communism? As far as my... <laughs> My understanding, not complete, is that they seek to um, understand these supernatural powers and use them how they see fit to secure in, in the interests of national security. Hmm. I'm not sure if it's always against communism, but I mean, well, right now, probably, yeah, but. Okay, well, um, so we might have some competition, coopetition in this. Uh, well, then we better get going. Where would that be, Jack Cooper? Well, if Blanchett was looking into um, the more reactive elements of uh of buddhism i mean pagoda pagoda yeah there there are a couple places we could start yeah where's the that was next on my list i think if we that's a date that's a drive though right that's a, like a bit of a yeah it's a date trip really okay yeah, if you drive, do 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 we have any like instant transportation uh, unnatural objects? Any of you? <laughs> I, I 
I, I, I don't know if anyone's affiliated with an agency that possibly has a clandestine air force at its beck and call. Um, so I don't know. Maybe maybe you guys should look at your character sheets. Yeah. Clandestine Air Force. That sounds like a That's crazy talk. Yeah. Gross abuse of, <laughs> of imperialism. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just saying you don't have to drive. If if you guys wanna you know turn this into a road trip movie, uh that's cool. I minutes ago I thought we were turning this into uh, we actually don't want to be Delta Green. We want to be on this other team um, game. Most, most. No. Okay. <laughs> that I'm completely unprepared for, but there you go. J- Jack doesn't uh, want to be on any do. team. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I've made that clear enough. <laughs> Jack, Jack is drive. anti-team. <laughs> uh. So if we're, if, we're, if we're not driving, how else would we? I mean, we got the... Uh, Helicopter access or something, anything like that. Sixty-three a helicopter. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we've got Hueys. Sixty-three Hueys. Yeah, not quite, right? Yeah, I think you're still in the flying bananas at this point in time. Yep. Um, Which were right. a big deal. Yeah. Um, what, are the, what were those? Oh yeah, the Choctaws. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it literally looks kind of like a banana. Um, so it's like a forerunner of the Chinook. Uh, so it's, oh, it's got okay. rotors on two ends, but it, it yeah. literally looks like a banana. The ugliest um, helicopter ever. Right. <laughs> but but those are pretty much tasked to the military. I'm not sure. I I mean, if the CIA really really needed one. I'm sure they keep okay. their hands on one. Just but... to be clear, the, the UH-1A Huey uh, was pressed into operational service at Huey's with the 57th Medical Detachment arrived in Vietnam in March 62. Oh, really? Uh, were they like widespread by then? I mean, they were, my Ooh. understanding is they were all over by the, you know, by the time the war was in full swing, but. I think by 65, I'd have no problem with... That's what I would say. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, But I do think that Air America is... And I'm not sure it was Air America in 1963. But there's plenty of old Dakota aircraft that the CIA has access to and and other uh, cargo and transport type of aircraft. So, yeah, yeah, the bananas are the Shawnees, the the Sikorsky H34 that looks more like a fish is the uh, the Choctaw. So, but I mean, you know, not that you actually have any characters who are connected no, to CIA. But I mean, if you if you had a character, they could probably get you all flown out to Angion without too much trouble. Um, might be a bureaucracy spend, but it'd be a pretty Pretty cheap bureaucracy spend. So. Yeah, if everybody's, uh, I know people who know people. If anybody cool. wants, uh, if that's our next step. Yeah. Yeah, I think we could go down there. I mean, I'm cool with driving if the plane doesn't work either. You know, get a little road trip, get to know the natives a little. Sounds uh, pretty worthwhile. Yeah. 
I, uh, let me just say this. Uh, as a GM, I will offer no roadblocks if y'all choose to fly. You know, no roadblocks if you decide to choose to drive. I should not use the word roadblock because that implies. So, it, I'm not going to try to steer you one course over another. If y'all want to arrange to to fly down there, you certainly can do that. Um, do you guys think there's value in taking a vehicle? You know, you're just you're driving through the Mekong Delta, 1963. Um, you know. I don't have a random encounter table, but uh, I certainly <laughs> think that there's a chance of a random encounter if you drive. Flying's probably safer and probably faster, but however you guys want to approach it. Yeah. Yeah, let's see. Uh, Willie, do you mind seeing what your boys say? Yeah, yeah. It seems like uh, time is of do, the essence. Let's. Uh, do, we, do we know that Willie could do that? He sort of offered. I mean, if you guys need us to, if you need us to to chip in to to grease whatever palms, I mean, I guess we yeah. could do that. Yeah. Uh, if if Jack Cooper says that, Lynn's eyes get very narrow. Right. Increasing Paul. Everything's got a price, Lynn. And the Vietnamese are corrupt. <laughs> yeah, so we learn from the best. Right. So, Ty, I'll tell you that it would be a one point bureaucracy spend for you to um, get approval to take your team on uh, an Air America flight that happens to be going from Saigon to Anjiang province. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking that maybe I could talk to Lucas, my buddy, who's got a little bit of the the background in with Delta Green, and uh, he's a he's a duty ops officer. Maybe he could uh, point me in the right direction of like of an active flight that maybe head in that direction. Yeah, well, I mean, it's to me this is the classic use of bureaucracy. You mm-hmm. you want to access a resource that that your uh, agency that you're associated with has has access to, and that's what bureaucracy spins are all about. So, um, you know, just like uh, there we go, he spent the one point. You know, like for, for example, Lynn could have instead of creating her her network contact to follow, she could have just spent bureaucracy to have nameless you know people surveil the apartment. So it's not meant as a criticism, it's just that's what bureaucracy is meant to reflect. The fact that yeah. you're you've got connections and you know people and you know how to call in favors, you know how to, you know, route paperwork in a way that you know doesn't raise any suspicion. So you know, for role playing purposes you can say that, you know, you call Lucas and he's like, No problem, let me, you know, call a few people and and boom, you're approved, you know, on the next flight that's that's heading out to Angion. So mm-hmm. I'd say it's probably going to be a, um, it'll be an early AM flight, like it'll depart in darkness um, from Saigon, but it'll arrive, um, guessing it's probably in a propeller driven aircraft, I would assume in an hour, maybe two. It's, it's been a while since I've measured 
mileage from Saigon <laughs> to various points in uh, South Vietnam. So uh, I guess I could look at Google Maps real quick uh, and tell you that that's going to be my sense. That, okay. Uh, so we'll get there shortly after. I mean, we'll get there in the morning. Yeah, it's it's late enough in the day that, um, and Willie probably knows this just from general interaction with the guys who are on the operational side of the equation, um, that a lot of these places out in the more remote parts of Vietnam, um, there may be an airstrip at some type of forward operating base or a special forces camp, but it's they're typically... Uh, in 1963, they're typically daylight operation only. Like they don't really have the equipment for night landing and, and that kind of jazz. So, um, so your next available is going to be a you know leave Saigon at four in the morning, get there at six in the morning kind of thing. Nice. Which means we should be able to head back before sundown. Yeah, yeah potentially. Okay. That sounds good. What other stuff do y'all want to get up to while you're, oh, and I guess maybe something to think about is, um, how are you gonna uh, equip yourselves mm -hmm. for going out there? Because this is, <laughs> mm, this is no longer doesn't want to put dungarees on. <laughs> yeah, can we get like um I don't know like uh would there be would we be able to like pull a couple of uh you know pants and uh, shirts from the military yeah, we get to some some tiger camo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something like something appropriate to be trekking potentially having a trek through the jungle or whatever, but I could probably get you some Arvin Ranger gear. Sweet. I'll, uh, yeah. you, you probably could. I probably uh, could. Yeah. I don't know I don't if I'm need... willing to spend for it, but. Yeah. There's Why'd you put those points of bureaucracy if you didn't uh, want yeah, to let me take them. a quick look. Oh, I have seven. Let's do it. Fuck it. Okay. Yeah. And Lynn is, and she's wearing like an extra, extra small men's, mm -hmm. uh, the, and the, the tiger camo is, is pretty sharp, but it is. She wants a linen dress and some some nice practical flats. Combat boots okay. and, and dungarees are not her favorite look. Okay. But but she'll do it. And she'll rock up. She'll she'll put a pack on. Okay. It's probably not as heavy uh, as the the Americans, but she'll she'll carry okay. her gear. Is she gonna throw the beret on? Just to make it, got <laughs> you. Got to complete the look. Okay. All right. Uh, Jack Cooper. Do we want to go full Arvin Ranger camo? Do 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 we want to go undercover? <laughs> it's going to be a weird Arvin Ranger look. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't know that a woman Americans would be there. Americans tend not yeah. to be Arvin Rangers. <laughs> so I'll just right. get the. I'll just get the gear. Yeah. I had, a, I had a I had a weird moment there. Um, and uh, <laughs> what does Jack Cooper think about all this? Uh, get dressed up like soldiers and 
and go out there thing. Jack Cooper is going to wear his regular day-to-day clothing. What kind of footwear does Jack Cooper wear? This is this is just for me, Jason, as a play as a player. Uh, honestly, he he often goes barefoot. Yeah, I see. I had I had a flip flop barefoot, barefoot vibe. Yeah, well, flip flops um, aren't really a thing. No, but yeah, you know th- that vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for 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 this trip, uh, he he pulls out the the old. Uh, Army issue boots and uh, uh, he he doesn't polish them. Okay. They're, they're, uh, rather, they're rather matte black. Okay. Uh, and Willie Kane, uh, you know, you typically are inside the embassy and or at various Saigon hotels and coffee houses when you do your your normal work. So what's Willie Kane look like when he goes out into, I'm going to use the 60s expression, Indian country. Uh, or did Willie just give up on the game? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just wondering, uh, uh, you know, Willie's normal gig is mm-hmm. uh, does not involve him like stomping around in rice paddies or, mm-hmm. you know, going through the jungle or anything like that. And that's not necessarily going to happen, but you're definitely going out to do field work, which is not your normal thing. So how does, how does Willie kid himself out to, to go on this trip? Um, I don't know. I've, I've kind of got like a, an advisor vibe in my, in my head. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't know how that plays out without everybody else's wearing, but it seems to be a little more appropriate. I think the tiger tiger like camel still works, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, that to me would make perfect sense that that you have easy access. You don't have to spend for that. You'll have easy access to that. Uh, and Greg Lamont. Are you going to pick up the Arvin Tiger Shrek camo offer, or are you going to yeah, your class A? Uh, What's the other option? Um, what were you going to say, Rick? Class A what? I was just going to channel uh, Jack Nicholson from A Few Good Men. You know, your, your faggoty white uniform. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me with some courtesy. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go with the. Uh, yeah, let's do the tiger strike. Okay. <laughs> um, and anybody bringing weapons? Just, uh, what weapons are they bringing? Oh, boy. This, this one, I don't know. Yeah, Liz has my bayonet. Colt 9mm. Yeah, I just bring my, my service pistol. Yeah. Okay. That's all I'm good with. Okay. You are going to an area that is generally considered to be a war zone. I'm just pointing it out. This is a a, a Cthulhu game where it's okay to walk around with a submachine gun and not, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say, break. although is is firearms just generally 
I guess when I think about it, it doesn't really say pistols versus. Right. Yeah. It, you know, it doesn't really break down. Rifles. Yep. <laughs> I mean, my character store. had always been the vision for him had always been just pistol, but um, that should be plenty. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm not. Uh, I'm not telling you what to take. Um, I'm just trying to make sure you, you get, you know, I, I don't want a situation where you're like, well, damn, I, <laughs> I would have brought, you know, a submachine gun, but I just kind of figured, you know, we were going to go talk to some monks and that would seem weird. And it's, you know, Vietnam, a, 1963, there's a civil war going on. So. There is. It, although if a French journalist was out here, what could, I mean. We'll be I mean, fine. Surely it's just unrest. It's not a civil war. Come on. There you go. Exactly. Just a handful of communists causing trouble. So, uh, okay. Anything else you guys want to do before or you just want to fast forward to Finance and Jean? I, I love the unabashed Vietnam War nerdery that, that we're allowed to do in this game. <laughs> Word. Brings me joy. Amen. Uh, so I appreciate the praise, but it started, you started to pixelate on me at the end there. So I'm not sure if you were asking for something or nope. suggesting. Nope, nope, just, just appreciating. Okay. Um, all right. If nobody's got anything, you know, uh, Jack Cooper, you sent your family out of town, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So you don't have to really worry about that. And, um, yeah, Willie. Again, you you spend a point of bureaucracy, so um, and you and you work through, you know, your your uh, sponsor for you entering Delta Green. So you're not getting any grief there. So Greg Lamont, you haven't really had any work interaction that I can remember at this point in time. So, you know, what are you going to tell work about your absence? Um, yeah, I'm going to make something up. Um. Yeah, I'm going to tap, uh, what did I name my uh, staff sergeant or the... I, I don't know that we actually named him. Uh, I thought I and did. I remember you mentioned a, that you had a sergeant and asked if you had brought... anybody with you from <laughs> yeah, see if I can have it give us another name. Here we go. Oh well, maybe I must have closed that. Sorry. Definitely closed. Uh, let's do. Uh, ben McCann. Ben McCann. Chief Petty Officer in McCann. One C or two. 
two. Okay. Good. So I'll first tell my uh, commanding officer that I picked up. I got. I need to investigate a bit of intelligence um, regarding. Uh, call it like new. New shipping. New, new smuggling routes along the Mekong, somewhere like that. So one uh, of the cool things yeah, about Anjiang uh, province is if you look on the map, and I actually, let's see if I can, got one. To am, I in the, am I in the completely wrong area? No, 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 you're in a, in a perfect area because, uh, let's see if I can grab this. Uh, let's look at this one and see if this one does the trick. So that's right along the, the Mekong River, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So I just do a map up in uh, Discord. Mm -hmm. So Every time uh, I go to the Vietnam map, I'm like, where's Saigon? Right. <laughs> it's not there anymore. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. And so on the, uh, on the far right side of there, it's basically... The two rivers that feed the Mekong Delta both run through Anjiang province. Oh, okay. um, so it would make perfect sense that if you were investigating, you know, Viet Cong shipments, you know, yeah, into the cool. Delta, that this is absolutely a place you would be going to to work on that. So, okay, cool. So, yeah, so I'll tell them I'm trying to. You Confirm, confirm, or you know, what's the opposite? Not deny, right. but uh, just dis, uh, disprove, refute, refute. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. The uh, rumors or you know sightings of Viet Cong smuggling material right. and uh, arms through the south. But then I'll tell tell my chief petty officer can to uh, all right. You got the station for the night or for the day. I'll check in again. I'll check in with you tonight. Right. So your commanding officer is kind of an interesting, we don't have to give him a name yet. You can, you can think about mm -hmm. that. But it's an interesting situation because um, uh, he seems to swing between um, like manic excitement about, you know, the opportunity to, to be here. And he's always, you know, you know, interacting with the rest of, you know, uh, the military assistance group for Vietnam, mm -hmm. um, you know, and like this is going to be a big career move for him. And then he like swings to just like, you know, kind of depressive indifference. Like mm -hmm. this is a ridiculous post. There's like not a there's not a North Vietnamese Navy of significance. There's certainly no South Vietnamese Navy of significance. How's this ever going to get me in charge of an aircraft carrier? You know, so you, uh -huh. your pay officers kind of a, a, he's a weird, you know, kind of on one hand suck up, like trying to climb the ladder and then the other, he's like, this is a terrible posting yeah, to have. So he doesn't give you too much grief most of the time. Okay, so I caught, the, going... uh, oh, Zach, I caught him in the, oh, uh, I caught him in the one, the indifferent end. Yeah, but he is, he is like uh, Angie Young and you can tell he doesn't actually know where Anjiang is, uh, but he, <laughs> he's, and he's, he's like, real like 
Well, right. And he is, but you could tell that he's sitting at his desk and he's, he's kind of twisting his chair and he's eyeballing the wall map, the map. of Vietnam, <laughs> desperately trying to figure out where it is. So number one, are you going to let him off the hook and help him? Or are you going to let him just suffer for a few minutes? Well, um, he, he can, he can suffer. Cause that, I mean, and then I'll just kind of like for him and everything while he's <laughs> concentrating on this. So maybe he'll just. Right. And, and then he's, uh, um, that's, uh, that sounds kind of dangerous. Um, you know, maybe some of these uh, South Vietnamese Marines we've been training, would you like to take some of them with you? It could be a, a good field <laughs> exercise for them. I actually have contacted some in, I, I've contacted a group in, got what city down there, Triton. You're talking about in, in Saigon or Angie? Yeah. Anjiang, I'm trying to look at this map here, but Long Zuyang? Yeah, it's sort of like a city along. It's that Long... or Chowduk. Chow, those are the only two. Those yeah, let's do this. Only Long... two that appear to be any of any decent size. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, Long Xuan. It's called. Based on my yeah, based on my limited research. Longjin was the the place in Anjiang province during the Vietnam War. Okay, so, okay, let's just say that. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to say that's where y'all fly in. Um, so. Um, yeah, I'll just I'll feed them a line that we got. To, you know, I have a contact there. I got an escort through the, uh, you know, South Vietnamese Army. Or the like the Marines, like you said. Okay. All right. Well, I just, you know, we spend all this time training these Marines here and they never seem to let them do anything. So I just thought, you know, maybe, um, you know, the army, all I ever hear about is, you know, how their Rangers they've trained are doing this and they're doing that. And, you know, it's kind of becoming embarrassing that we've trained these Marines. So they just sit around here in Saigon and, yeah, and don't well, do anything. So we'll let them, we'll let them with the tips this, uh, this time here. Okay, well, I just, you know, I, let's be thinking about that. I, I want that to be an action item. You know, we yes, need to get absolutely. the South Vietnamese. <laughs> Put a pin in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll have a full report on their uh, performance when I get back. Okay, excellent. That's good. That's very, very good thinking. So, and you be careful going to the, going to, you be careful out there. I will. Thank you, sir. All right. So you're good to go. Uh, Willie, anything you want to do before you get on this plane and fly on out? Um, I'm thinking I'm going to give Lucas, my again, my buddy, the duty ops officer who got a little bit of background. I'm, I'm going to give him kind of a, uh, a little bit of a hint of what's going on. Um, or, or not maybe what's going on, but like why I'm leaving and I need his help to cover for me. Sure. So he kind of gives you a, a knowing look and, mm-hmm. and you almost get the sense that even though his service to Delta Green cost him a lot, um, you get the sense that he kind of misses the fact that he's, he can't go do the stuff that you're, you're getting to go do. So, yeah. um, but he he does say just remember everything you think you've you've thought about the things that you think can happen just this is going to sound kind of weird just prepare 
for the unexpected. Just be prepared to be surprised and, and react as quickly as you can. And uh, just because something seems like it can't be true, don't let that lull you into discounting things. Uh, hey, hey, Luke, Luke, I hear any calls him Luke. Luke, I hear you, man. Uh, this is my first rodeo, you know? I got this. Don't you worry. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> he kind of stops, takes a breath. He kind of looks down at his wheelchair and looks up at you and says, I, I, I love your zeal. Just remember the, the warnings I've given you. Okay. Is it, is it right. fly time? It's fly time. Fly time. Okay. So uh, the night passes uneventfully, and you guys get to Thompson Nuts uh, uh, Airport at the, you know, proved time. You know, Ty's uh, or Willie's connections have greased the wheels. There's no problems whatsoever. And they, they I'm just going to say it's a, you know, old Dakota, you know, DC-3, C-47 uh, aircraft that, you know, has you know Air America or some other markings on it, and you can tell you know there's a couple other guys getting on there. They're loading some gear uh, on it. Again, don't, nobody gives you any any trouble at all. And in short order, you uh, depart Saigon and you make the uh, I'm going to say probably 90 minute flight. I, I mean, it really probably wouldn't take 90 minutes to to fly, but when you count, like, you know, you got a taxi and you got to take off and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you hit ground in, in Long, uh, Longjian, uh, in Anjian province. Um, what uh, Jack Cooper would know is that the Huo Hao or Hao Huo um, Buddhist in the province in general, they are probably the predominant um, sect, you know, single strongest religious uh, organization. Even now, even though they are, their militia has been suppressed, hasn't changed the fact that they still have lots of followers. Um, but the center of you know, in the in the main monastery where you might actually expect to talk to people who know something would be up here. If you look in the top, uh, very top of the map I gave you, there's a province Anfu. Um, Y'all see that on the map I gave you? Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Right. Pretty much the top of the map. Um, the, that's the place you're going to want to be. Uh, and the question is, are you guys going to try to take uh, road traffic up there, or are you going to try to take river traffic up there? Doesn't matter to me. Just how you want the story to unfold. Mm. River could be fun. 
Well, you're it's way deep in our apocalypse now, aren't we? Mm-hmm. You never get off the boat. Um, <laughs> we've got to be able to find a, a chopper flight up to Unfu. Um, I mean, the Arvin's uh, yeah. got to have some troop transport going up there. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think there, there definitely is a small detachment of helicopters um, there. Willie, you know that there is a um, Vietnamese Special Forces camp in uh, Anfu um, that has some CIA advisors uh, tasked to work with there. You've, you've read some reports. You sent some information from your network to those guys to act on uh, in the past. So, um, and uh, I'll hand wave and say that the um, that United States Marine Corps has some helicopter aviation assets uh, they're they're starting to make their presence felt in the in the Delta, and one way they're doing it is by deploying some helicopters. So, if, if Greg wants to spend a bureaucracy, you can get a chopper to fly up there, or y'all can find a boat. Doesn't matter to me. Yeah, I don't mind. How much bureaucracy do I have? Eight. I don't mind. I don't mind spending a point on that if you guys want to fly. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Okay. There you go. Spend your point. Back up. We might even be escorted by those new uh, Hueys I hear about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I moved this down and it didn't. It didn't. Re- uh, that is weird. Did you? Did you just click on it, or I just moved it down? What am I? I forgot what I'm supposed to do. Let me move it in down. the black book. Just click in the on black it. book. Yeah. Are you in play? Yes, you want to open your character sheet. So yeah, the first thing is you want to make sure you click play. Yep, I didn't do that. Okay. Let's see what happens. Because right now you're showing red to me. Yep. Now you're green. Now you just click Um, on bureaucracy and pick how many to spend. Nice. You don't have to make a roll. You just have to send the point. That's fine. All right, perfect. So yeah, without too much trouble, you... You know, kind of do your. Well, you tell me how you how you sell it to the local marine, you know, aviation battalion commander about why you need one of his helicopters to to fly up to the CIA uh, base camp. Yeah, I think I'll just repeat the same kind of story I gave my commanding officer. I think that's a good cover story. So okay. say we have reports of the. Viet Cong, are they known as the Viet Congs now, or is it still a different? Oh yeah, yeah. They are? Okay. Um, yeah, so, uh, reports of Viet Cong smuggling uh, material in along this uh, along the Mekong here. Thought we had some eyes on it up up near. Uh, on what's that place called again? An Fu. An Fu. An Fu. So, uh, if you can uh, spare a chopper ride for me and my team. Pretty much, uh, you know, the, the Navy would greatly appreciate it. 
And uh, he kind of looks you up and down. He says, well, it'd be a first if the goddamn Navy could do something for the Marine Corps. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just laugh, with, uh, laugh with, you know, murder on behind my teeth. And uh, I'm telling you, if you can figure out a way to stop them smuggling those mortars, uh, mortar rounds and rockets down here, them sons of bitches try to blow my helicopters up at least once a week. So... Yeah, well, if this if this lead pans out, there's a very good chance of neutralizing the threats to your aircraft. All right, let me get you. Yeah, let me get you one of my helicopters tasked. It'll be a few minutes, and then they'll uh, they'll get you up there. So good hunting. Thank you, sir. And I walk out and those fucking marines. Lin <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sang, what do you think of all of this so far? Uh, she's uh quietly reserved. Okay. Just watching the wheels work of this American machine. Jack Cooper, what do you think of all this so far? Let me just say, I I know the Marines were stuck in 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 Korea, and Navy didn't do much. Okay. Uh- so you wait a few minutes and then they load you in your flying banana because I'm fairly certain that's what the Marines were flying in 1963. I could be wrong. Fairly certain about that. And they they chop you up to uh, Anfu. Uh, let's see if I've got a picture of Anfu for you. Anfu? Uh, let's see how this works. So that kind of gives you a, a sense of um, uh, Anfu. Um, uh, I'm going to say that the uh, unfortunately this is an old map, so uh, but it was one of the clearest maps I could get of Anfu, other than like a very very modern mm-hmm. uh, map. So um, I'm going to say that uh, the uh, the, and technically, it's an Arvin Special Forces base, but the Marines basically provide advisors, or not the Marines, the CIA is providing some advisors to them, are up um, kind of between the mountains and the Basak River. Uh, and then, uh, Jesse, you would know that the um, uh, the, the monastery you're thinking of, which is probably the place that Blanchette went, is down. Kind of see where all the lines are intersecting. Yeah. Uh, and there's like a OCEO. Then uh, kind of in that yeah. area is where the monastery would be. So basically, you would land and then you would need to make your way south. Uh, I'd say you'd be able to, to, without any problem, kind of requisition a Jeep to, to make your way down to. Uh, to the monastery. And Cambodia is basically north slash northwest of the location. Okay. So, you know, the the chopper chopper arrives and, you know, no one really bats an eye, you know, a helicopter arriving there at this point. Um, And, you know, somebody kind of comes up to see who you are, but 
between Lin Sang and uh, Greg Lamont, you know, you guys pretty much bulldoze them into, yeah, we need a Jeep, we're checking something out, you know, some intelligence business. Um, and, you know, this uh, special forces camp, you know, you, again, Willie, you get the sense that, you know, if there's any aspect of the Vietnamese military that seems to be working, it's the special forces, the Arvin Rangers, um, the groups that have gotten the attention and the money and the training are actually worth a shit. Um, so that they seem like fairly competent guys uh, from what you can tell. You don't actually see any CIA advisors uh, in the camp when you arrive. What are you guys doing? Mm. Lynn holds back. Interesting. So okay. Mm -hmm. So we need uh God, where where would be the first place to go and try the camp? Yeah, I'm not sure. What about Jack or Lynn? Have any uh, any inkling of what might be the best first place to go? Just go to the pagoda. Just the pagoda. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go to the pagoda. If no one is it, uh, opposed. Well, and as a reminder, what remember you know Willie and Lynn saying when you. Um, uh, interviewed the taxi driver and he talked about going to Anjiang province. He, it was in the context of that was a situation where um, that was in response to the question like, you know, was anyone ever angry at him? Did he have any enemies? And you know, they described, the taxi driver described the experience that there were some, some Buddhist monks that were very angry with him in Anjiang province. So, um, uh, so, uh, I don't know if that helps you guys feel good about going to the pagoda, or now you feel like I'm setting you up. But <laughs> I think that's the place to go. You should, you should always think I'm setting you up, just as a reminder. So. We got guns. <laughs> Pretty much all of the guys in this camp have rifles and or submachine yeah. guns and pistols and machine guns and some mortars. So, so I'm feeling but that's all right. Mm-hmm. Took a little wind out of my sails there. <laughs> so. <laughs> Should we take the jeep over, or are we are we close enough where we can? Yeah, maybe we just requ requisition a jeep. If if no one else will, Lynn will just go over to yeah, one of the. Well, it, if there's Vietnamese in the camp, she'll just go talk to you know one of the one of the rangers or one of the marines. Mm -hmm. yeah, Jack's already bribed a couple uh, civilians to. To take right. us in there, there's yeah, civilian cars for. because yeah, 
Yeah, yeah Lynn, Lynn doesn't want to pull rank here. Yeah, so if, if Jack has a way in, that's fine. Yeah. So, so Lynn, just something that probably would stand out to you or to clarify for you and Willie. Um, so these are Vietnamese special forces. And I'm going to using that term distinct from Arvin Rangers. Mm -hmm. um, these are the same forces that uh, the CIA has been funding and training. Sure. And yep. they are the forces commanded by DM's brother, New. Okay. Uh, ultimately, obviously, he's in Saigon, as far as you know. Um, uh, so this it's not an urban ranger camp. This is a Vietnamese special forces camp. That's a distinction in this game. Mm -hmm. And no, it's, it's a distinction sure. that Lynn and Willie would definitely pick up on. So these guys do not necessarily answer to the Vietnamese Army Command. They answer to new. Uh, now, ostensibly, the CIA is funding them to kill communists. Um, so want to make want to make sure we're all on the same page. Yeah. No, that that did. Yeah. That that okay. that helped kind of tie that back in. Okay. Uh, so you guys have decided you're going to make your way to the pagoda, and these are this is what became CIDG, right? Oh, I guess that's a lower rank. The special no. forces—they're kind of up in the mountains. Um, I'm going to say kind of neither, in the sense that um, at this point in time, this is very much a creation of the CIA through new um so this is kind of his you know separate military force um and you know willie you know that there's a little consternation mm. in the cia that, that you know we're spending a lot of money and he seems more interested in using these guys to keep tabs on political rivals than actually go fight communists with them. So in some ways you're heartened to know that there are actually some of these guys actually out in a province, you know, uh, apparently doing the thing that the CIA is, is spending the money to have them do. Um, Cause a lot of them seem just to hang out in Saigon and deal with political problems. So. And I guess technically CIDG were farther North than Mekong anyway. Okay. That's yeah. Also actually true. So. Yeah. I'm. I'm just. Yeah. I'm just trying to piece terms together. But I. But I know. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. These are not like local peasants that have been kind of recruited and formed into a local militia. These. These appear to be fairly well trained, fairly well armed um, guys that are intensely loyal to uh, the DM new regime. Mm. So. Is it pagoda time? Let's do it. Pagoda time. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you guys make your way to the pagoda. And in my mind, this pagoda is it, it, it's because it's in a very rural area. In many ways, it's more like a monastery. Like there's a place of worship, but there's also a center of, you know, they grow their own food and, you know, they have some simple, 
you know, crafts and things that they produce uh, there. So it's like a complex. Uh, it's not just a single building where people go to worship and then there's no other impact. Um, <clears throat> and as you guys arrive at the area of the pagoda, you can clearly see the pagoda and you can kind of see, you know, some, some rice patties, um, you know, people out working again, just a, a scene that, Lynn, you've seen thousands of times in your life. And, um, you know, Jack, you're familiar with the scene. Everything seems to be pretty ordinary. As, but as you get closer to the pagoda, you notice um, something that's less ordinary um, in the sense that, you know, there's like a 27-foot thing with tentacles. and. Uh-huh. And wings. <laughs> oh, dang it. That's next week. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. Now, uh, what you see is you see uh, about a dozen of these uh, Vietnamese uh, special forces. And you see one guy who looks like an American. Um, and they are standing near one of the uh, not how familiar you are with, with rice patties. I'm not sure how far I am with rice patties, but there's like a little, uh, I'm going to call it like a little canal for lack of a better word that kind of, kind of takes the water and make sure it, it is evenly flows through the patty. Um, and, uh, two of those, uh, special forces have a monk down on the ground and they're pushing his head down in the water and he's kind of struggling and then they're pulling him up and you know you can't make out exactly what they're saying to him and they're not liking the answer so his head's going back uh in the water lynn's just watching yeah um critique jack, jack goes up to them and yells at them to to cut it out i assume in vietnamese oh yeah uh, so they are very startled uh, once they process, like there's an American shouting at us in Vietnamese and uh, like the two holding the monk down, kind of like just kind of stop his head's out of the water now. And, and you can tell all of them are kind of looking, turning and looking at the American and he steps up and in English, uh, it's pretty much like, who the fuck are you? And what business of uh, yours is how we do our business? He says it's like better than I just said it, by the way. So, yeah. Uh, so, Willie, you actually recognize this guy. Um, he is CIA. He's a ops officer. Um, you know, occasionally you see him in Saigon, but he does tend to spend a lot of his time uh, out in country. Um, uh, he's got a little bit of a reputation as a you know pretty aggressive, pretty hardcore, uh, take action kind of guy. Um, what's interesting is Greg Lamont. You also recognize this guy. Uh -huh. The last time you saw this guy was at a little remote airstrip in Florida when he was briefing two oh, Cuban. Um, <laughs> Uh, resistance fighters that were loading up on a plane with you and the rest of your guys to fly down to Cuba. 
And uh, is this West? Yeah, it's, it's Oliver West. Oh, <laughs> oh, I love it, Oliver. And we fade to black. <laughs> oh, that was glorious! Nice, beautiful. That's a good ending. So, was he a PC or an NPC? In the, in he was uh, an NPC. 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 Okay. Yeah, got it. <laughs> you know, Ollie. <laughs> hmm? uh, every once in a while, I stumble into stuff, and I'm like, "This is going to be fun." So, <laughs> um, <laughs> was I that off the cuff, or was it, was he there the whole time? Um, I mean, you don't have to give away the the magic if you don't want yeah. to. But... Okay. Um, I, I, I rescind say... my question. No, no, I will say that initially, when I was starting putting stuff together, that he, you know, did not, he was not there in the first draft. Um, but at some point along the way, when I was thinking through different encounters you were going to have, I'm like, That's wait a, a minute. I already have a CIA advisor that at least one character knows. So. Uh, and then it worked out perfectly when Willie made his character. That, yeah. So now there's two people that know him. So, um, my voice that was I'm fun. Loving the, I'm loving the tie-ins yeah. to the other, the yeah. other. Let's hope this regime oh. change goes better than the last attempt. <laughs> <laughs> we did fine. <laughs> hey, you stopped really bad stuff from happening. You we just did. Had to allow some other bad stuff to to take place along the way. So, isn't that what life's all about? It's just every every time. Mm -hmm. You know, which morally onerous course of action you allow to to play out? So, yeah. uh, all right, boys. Uh, that is the session for the night. I Very believe nice. we have like on two weeks. Uh, yeah, I think we're already we're done. We're for the confirm that with the eighteenth. Yeah. Yep, showing the 18th. Uh, so let's just count real quick. So we've got the 18th, we've got the first, we've got the 15th, we're in February now. Uh, first of March, the 15th, 29th of March. So I think 29th of March was the last um, pre-booked date I used. So that's six more sessions. Um, no pressure. <laughs> well, I'm no, busy after I, that. Yeah, I, I, I'm really, really going to try to keep to it's it's done no later than that sixth session and, and possibly done earlier because um, yes. this is fun, but I, I definitely uh, I mean, I'm, so I'm much stuff going on. I'm sure I could get Jack disappeared in like four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that uh, I, I don't want this to kind of linger for the sake of lingering because, you know, other people have games they want to run. There's games I want to play in. Um, you know, there's, there's other stuff that I'd like to run at some point. So I'm, uh, uh, having run before 61, I have a somewhat better feel for, how to get y'all to the end. Um, and, and I definitely know where this is going to end. Uh, I don't know how it's going to end, but I know it's where, where it's going to end. 
So some of that's just going to be as we play through this. I may chop some scenes that, that mm -hmm. don't really do that much and, mm -hmm. you know, throw some stuff to you. So um, I love all the all the prep work you did, all the occult stuff. Good. Yeah, that's respect. Good. Again, sometimes this just the stuff just falls into place. So, yeah, um, okay, boys. So we've got our next sessions played out. I, if if everyone could just kind of you know, kind of look back, look through the calendar going forward, make sure that no one suddenly got a wedding anniversary that they need to attend to, or yeah, yeah. If something comes up, I'll I'll help. Everything it looks pretty clear. Yeah. These Mondays. All right. Anybody have? Comments for the good of the order. Great session. Yeah, yeah. This, was a, this was a very good session. Character stuff. Okay. Good story. Okay. Uh -huh. it, yeah, it, I, think, I think I think Jack's starting to get through to to Lynn. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, it's it's not the right the the right language or the right country, but uh, keep trying, Gaijin. Exactly. Exactly. All the tension. Yeah. I love it. Furong, I guess is why I looked that up. Uh, part of me wanted to keep going with this, where I faded to black. No, no, that was I a good, think, good place to stop. I think it's a good. But it just seems like so in. awesome. Yeah, because uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Jack and Lynn work through uh, <laughs> enhanced interrogation techniques in 1963. So, yeah. All right, guys. Uh, I am feeling like. Uh, I just need one more mild reminder in how I did it. I've got my little notification. I can't help it if I cry.